Hi there, and welcome to Borborygmy, Noises from the Veterinary World, a new show that lets you overhear conversations between veterinary professionals about anything and everything that's topical in the industry. This season, we'll be bringing you a range of chats recorded at the London Vet Show, featuring a wide range of friends and colleagues discussing their thoughts on some of the triumphs and tribulations encountered by those in the veterinary industry. Borborygmy is a collaboration between the London Vet Show, Vet Times, Vets Stay Go Diversify and Smashing the Ceiling. Thank you to everyone involved so far for your help and support. It's been very much appreciated. You may be familiar with today's guests on Borborygmy. Pete Wedderburn and Emma Milne are small animal vets with decades of experience between them, but both have moved away from full-time general practice and into the media sphere. Pete is a regular columnist for The Telegraph, who often appears on television and radio, and Emma, a published author and commentator, who you are likely to have seen grace our screens, and in my case influence my own career aspirations, on all 11 series of BBC One's hugely successful show Vets in Practice. Both use their platforms regularly to speak out against abuse of animal rights, but their welcome advocacy for animal welfare comes at a cost. Both Pete and Emma have been subject to online bullying for their vocal opinions, in particular about pedigree breeding. Here, we listen to them talk about the impact that social media has on their work, both good and bad, as they conclude that sometimes changing just one mind at a time is enough to keep going. I think one of the reasons that you and I have gelled is that you've been one of the strongest voices on it. And there are lots of vets that won't put their head above the parapet. And we've both had a lot of abuse on social media and those kind of things. But to me... It's always been massively important that I stick to my ethics. And the reason I left general practice was because I could tell by seeing... I could look at a day list that you've got a German Shepherd, a Westie, a Siamese, da, 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 and you'd know exactly what they were coming in for within a, a pretty fair margin of accuracy based on their breed type. So you felt you felt you were just ena- almost enabling it like a We're just picking like up the pieces of something that is purely because of a breed standard. Yeah. And then the final straw for me was that I worked in South Africa for a few weeks in the townships and treating these robust mongrels who are, yes, malnourished, covered in parasites, but that, that's what I signed up for. That's why I wanted to be a vet my whole life. You've, you've had the bullying. Yeah, well, not so, the bullying uh, so much, but social media yeah, things. Yeah, you, you said you do a bit of social media. I do as well. I, I have a, a Facebook page in particular which kind of, dates it a bit because now it should be an Instagram page yeah and everyone keeps it? telling me to yeah. go to but, but so I actually nowadays I actually post to Instagram and it automatically feeds to Facebook page and then it goes on to Twitter but the Facebook page the Pete the Vet Facebook page is the, my favourite one there's over 20,000 people who follow it and it really for me it gives you a chance to engage with the public um, and they, you can actually have conversations on it. I don't find Twitter or Instagram as useful for actual conversations with people. Um, and it, for me, it's a great way of, I mean, as I said, what motivates me is to get the right message out, the truth, if you like, about pet health and about honesty about the human um, companion animal bond out there. And um, a Facebook page is a great way to, to get information out to people, and but also to have a debate about it. And the, the problem is that if you do come into a contentious area, um, and for example, I, I wrote a, a column once that was asked a question: Should should pugs be banned? You know, and it was only a question. And, yeah. and my conclusion of my article actually was: No, they shouldn't be banned. But nonetheless, a lot of people on social media just read the headline and abused me. And certainly, I found that that on, so, on Facebook page in particular, there were an awful lot of very, very aggressive and unpleasant. I think Facebook for me has been 
one of the well has been the biggest cause of distress in my adult life and is that your public Facebook page my public you mean? page yeah my private page is very private but yeah. my public page two years ago on Twitter and Facebook I had almost death threats because I'd said that brachycephalic animals were suffering so how do you deal with difficult people on social media what do you do about it do you engage two, with two them two years ago when it got very bad I think that, that that was the thing I used to try and engage I yeah. would get into the debate try and prevent, present evidence and for me the two things well three topics that I get most embroiled with are pedigree dog health and cat health well pedigree animal health the raw food movement and the anti-vaccine movement yeah and I know sometimes I post things that I know are going to inflame people I, I, but Emma, I just, in fairness I've, I think you I think you you do take quite a strong view don't you you would almost invite controversy with what you well, say well sometimes I share things that it's not me saying it it's somewhat, you know, like a cartoon or something yeah. I think for me two years ago I almost gave up people were saying stuff about my parents my kids and I just thought this, this and like, do you just, not, do you not just block them and ban them well you can block them but one of the things I hate about Facebook is that you can't turn off commenting so people were writing stuff that I didn't want my followers to see. Yeah. So you have to read all those comments to know mm. what to delete, mm. which are the frankly abusive Upsetting or misleading. And in the end, I have just, I don't look. So I, I think not many people read comments on Facebook. So I post my stuff and when it goes through the roof, I did something about raw food when I was at WSAVA and, and 2,000 people commented. No, I don't read it. You see, I, yeah. At some points, I, I said to my husband once, will you just read through all these comments and delete anything that's either offensive, swearing, or links to homeopathic websites or unscientific stuff that I don't want on there? It, but it's too much. I mean, I've got nowhere near the number of followers that you have, but some of the things that I've posted, which was literally just the summary of a, of a lecture from a world-leading expert on nutrition... And there's 2,000 comments, some of which are pages of writing. Yes, yeah. uh, life's too short to read that. See, I, I've taken a different view, but it may be I don't get as many comments. What I've found for myself, I do, I do read all the comments, and I do, my view with trolls is that I engage with them once and see how they come back. I engage them the second time and see how they come back. And at that point, if they're still coming back and being obnoxious, then they just get blocked and banned. In, originally, I used to spend a lot more time engaging with them, and I, I discovered that it's utterly It's utterly pointless, pointless yeah. and, 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 and the other thing I've done on, on rare occasions, when somebody has been particularly obnoxious, I've taken a more personal view, and I, I've messaged them privately. And on one occasion, I even messaged their boss privately, saying, do you know what your employee is saying? because it was so extreme. Yeah. Um, and to make it personal, I think one of the problems in, uh, there's a very good um, little video that's out last week in social media, you may have seen it, where they describe social media, there's a big gate, electric gate that's gradually opening. Oh, with and, the dogs either and side. And dogs yeah, on yeah, either yeah. side barking at each other, really aggressive. As the gate opens, they can actually see their real dogs and there's a real threat, then they actually just all back just away and forget away, about yeah. it. So that applies in social media for us humans as well, that once people realize that you're a human being and you're sensitive and you're, you know, you actually could be hurt by what they're saying. I think there is a bit of a tendency to back off a bit and and, and accept that it's a load of hot air. Mm. Would you have done, would you have said yes to vets in practice in the current sort of technological age? 
I still think it was a great opportunity. I loved doing vets in practice. And also I did some presenting after that. We did some pretty controversial animal topics for a local TV BBC programme. Um, so importation of birds from the wild, importation of venomous snakes. Um, so I, I, I genuinely think vets in practice was a huge bonus for me. Um, and the fact that although I'm not in practice now, I can still reach thousands of people. One thing I would say is that of all the abuse I get, I, I've always had more support than that. And during my darkest moment two years ago, I opened, I was looking at my phone, still reading the comments at like 2 a.m. and just in bits. And um, someone sent me a message saying that they worked in Asia and every, it's a problem that's mounting there, the pedigree stuff. And she said every single time one of our clients wants a brachycephalic, they get given copies, uh, excerpts from your book. But that, that lady said to me, I just want you to know that you are making a difference all over the world. And that one comment takes away everything else. And you'll get people like that that I've met at pet shows and things where I did a talk about my life and people who've made a difference in my life. And there was a couple there who followed me on Facebook and said, oh, we follow you on Facebook. Please carry on doing what you're doing. So it's those comments that should be the ones that stick in your mind, not the trolls. And I think that's one of the ways that I deal with it. So even if you tick them off one at a time, I want to change the world, but I've had to accept that if it's one at a time, that's still enough. Thanks for listening. I'm Sophie Walsh, part-time vet and full-time science documentary maker. You may hear a little bit of me in these podcasts, or the lovely Naomi Mellor, my co-host, also a vet and host of the brilliant podcast Smashing the Ceiling. We'd love you to rate and review this podcast or tell a friend if you enjoyed it. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>